0: It's time to get the latest from the quarterback of the pack, Aaron Rodgers. It's Tuesdays with Aaron. Here's your host, Jason Wilde. It is the Aaron Rodgers Show, a special Thursday post Christmas edition with Green Bay Packers quarterback and the reigning NFL MVP, Aaron Rodgers. Hey, thanks for making time for us this week.
1: Yeah, it's fun. Thursday edition,
0: indeed. And yes. we'll do it next week as well on Thursday. All
1: right. Um,
0: how was your Christmas?
1: It was good. It was good. Very relaxing. Uh, Mike, you know, did did a nice thing with the schedule. Uh, a win got us, uh, you know, most of the day on the twenty fourth and the uh, now. Wait,
0: victory Monday. So did you I think it might have, have been either
1: in? way, but uh, we were we were counting on a victory.
0: Okay, did you have to come in at all on Christmas Eve?
1: Uh, no, it was optional lift. Uh, you just had to check in with your coach.
0: Okay, so then did you leave town? Because guys were allowed to do that, right?
1: No, I didn't leave town. I okay. did that before.
0: You have before. I have before. So you celebrated Christmas here in good old Town, USA.
1: I did. I did Spent some time with uh, some of my teammates and um, actually went and saw a movie on Christmas.
0: What did you see? Saw The Hobbit. How'd that work out for I'm
1: you? I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. You so are? I am, yeah. So I loved the trilogy, and I didn't know going into The Hobbit that it was a three-part series, so I was kind of wondering, two hours in, uh, how is this going to wrap up here? It seems like there's a lot more that needs to happen before the uh, the climax, and, uh, and it little did I know, <laughs> part one of three.
0: <laughs> like Back to the Future.
1: No, nah, not quite that good, but uh, Close.
0: So was there, I I always like to ask you this every Christmas, was there any particular gift that you gave that you were especially proud of and any one that you received that you were particularly excited about?
1: Uh, Not especially, no. Uh, I went the more sentimental route this year with some of my gifts. Uh, Okay. Especially for family, just uh, some uh, some sentimental stuff. I've, I've... been a pretty good gifter in the past yeah you've got uh, a reputation yeah so i uh just went some the sentimental route a couple of my teammates gave me some some very nice gifts i got the rock'em sock'em robots from dj williams uh that was collector's item there i appreciated that that was nice um randall gave me a nice gift what did he give you Uh, he gave me a portable uh music device that kind of hooks up with your phone or any other device uh via bluetooth it was a nice nice gift we got some bottles of wine uh from a couple of teammates and so you guys uh, really
0: exchange gifts
1: yeah i guess if you throw them the ball they, <laughs> give you some, they give you some gifts but uh but no it was nice it was it was a good christmas and uh, had a nice relaxing time like i said mike gave us uh all day christmas off and then the coaches as well um came in monday and they were working working hard monday to get that stuff done and then i got the do some last-minute Christmas shopping with the masses out there. So you, Mostly men uh, I was who gonna, are doing some last-minute Christmas shopping, uh, I think.
0: There were a couple of reports. I got a couple of tweets that said that people had seen you at the mall. Is that true?
1: At the mall? I don't, no, I don't think I was at the mall. Okay. I was at uh, Best Buy and uh, Barnes & Noble. I don't think I went to the mall. Okay, but you were... I went were, to the mall at some point during the Christmas season. Wow.
0: And do you uh, do you go in and out of these places
1: unnoticed? No, I don't think so. It really doesn't happen a whole lot anymore.
0: What uh, I remember being at Best Buy once, and some guy came up behind me and said, "Do you need any help, sir?" And it was you. <laughs> um, do you uh, are you able to go? Uh, like, do you notice people noticing you? Or are you just very focused on getting done what you need to get done? What's the dynamic? I'd say I'm like?
1: kind of a fast walker. I mean, I'm not going to be in the Olympics at any point uh, on that fast walking, <laughs> which is a, it's like an interesting that? sport to watch. Yes, I mean, sport. I don't know if it's a you know very strong term, loosely used in this in this sense, but uh, I've always been a brisk walker. So yeah. I'm kind of you know getting them where I need to go. And
0: by the time they realize who you are, you're gone.
1: Honestly, when I'm at the mall, the, the couple times I was this holiday season, um, I think people are more surprised. Like. What's not? Nah, I wasn't him. What's he doing at the mall? It's like, no, well, I shop just like you do. <laughs> yeah, probably at the mall, but uh, but no, it was. It, it makes for some some funny uh, <laughs> comments here every now and then, and um, it's kind of like a, you know, this is a real bad example analogy, but uh, but I said it's like in the movie The Kingdom, a good movie starring uh, Jamie Foxx and uh, some other folks, where they uh, they have to they have to ride at a very high rate of speed to see if anybody's chasing them. And you could uh, equate that to my walking style in the mall. If I'm moving fast, I can tell who's running me down, or I can hear them a little easier <laughs> if I'm moving at a uh, you know a medium rate of speed there.
0: That, see, that worked even though I have no idea what that movie is. It's a good
1: movie. Check it out.
0: Where does it rank along with uh, Land of the Lost? And
1: the, it's like, way behind way Land behind. of the Lost, yeah, but that's... That's not a good comparison. Should I
0: uh, should I ask you about your New Year's resolution, or should I wait till you guys? No, wait. I'm
1: still formulating them. Yeah, last year didn't work too well. So,
0: Um, congratulations, by the way, on your third Pro Bowl selection. Thank you. Yeah, I know. uh,
1: You know, appreciative of the fans, and obviously voting. Voting me first, the fans did. I appreciate that, and then, but that's happened before, and I've missed out on the on the Pro Bowl. So I appreciate right. the uh, the support from my uh, my peers in the league and, and fellow coaches. So well.
0: how do you view? Let, let's talk about the selection first, because I think that means something to mm-hmm. you. Um, I know you'd rather not be available to play in it, since you'd like to be playing in the Super yeah. Bowl the next week. But when the news comes that you've been selected, especially after, I think you probably would say you got snubbed in 2010. Um, what does it mean to you to be selected
1: i mean it's it's an honor i think it is I, I, you know um the pro Bowl voting has often been uh you know been picked apart by by various people uh, because there's a saying uh that you know a lot of times you get voted in a year after you probably should be and and uh um you know and maybe a year uh, a year too many you know right. after you probably shouldn't so um you know, it's it's an honor. I really, that's how I look at it, and I appreciate it. There's a lot of great players and a lot of guys who are having real good seasons. I give a lot of credit to RG3. You know, I was I was happy to see him get in because I think he's had an excellent year to do what he's done as a rookie. Uh, really impressive. I got to meet him this offseason, and uh, it was funny. I was in a room uh, backstage and was, was going through some of my lines uh, for the uh, the NFL honors, um, and uh I think it was that or the ESPYs, one of the two. And uh, it was me, Peyton Manning, and RG3 walked in. So it was a pretty a pretty good room right there. It must have
0: been the ESPYs, right? It wasn't the ESPYs. He wasn't in the league yet for the NFL Honors. What do you mean? Yeah, that's
1: true. Yeah, it, was, it must have been the ESPYs. Um And uh, and that was a cool little moment. I got to meet him, and I've, uh, you know.
0: Pretty cool moment for him, too, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it might have been. But uh, it was fun to to get to talk to Peyton a little bit. Then then um, Robert walked in, and, and he was... Uh, you know, very classy and I've read a little bit up on the story and um, I just think it seems like he carries himself the right way I've, I've you know he, his quotes seem to be all about the team and giving his uh, his teammates a lot of credit and uh, he's starting off his career the right way both uh, you know on the field the way he's playing and, and uh, the way he's carrying himself well what the
0: Let's before we talk, I want to talk a little more about the selection process. Before we do that, though, you, you obviously last year after playing in the game, you made some strong comments about the quality of play. Now, I noticed that yesterday somebody asked you about it at your locker, and you said, who said something about the quality of play? Um,
1: I was just trying to throw a little joke yeah, in there. Yeah, good yeah. job.
0: Yeah, a, little, um, a little humor. A little humor. You, you did say, though, that it's kind of a year-by-year basis. Do you think that there will be any change in terms of the effort level, I know Mike McCarthy yesterday actually commented on how different the quality of play was between when the coaching staff coached in it after the 0-7 season and, and how it was last year as well. Do you do you think anything will be different?
1: That's hypothetical. I don't really like talking about. Are you hypothetical hoping
0: things will be different? Uh, I noticed that you didn't criticize the AFC when and their effort level. You're a smart guy. I went back and looked at the quotes. <laughs> you're, 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 no dummy.
1: I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I really don't. I, I think that uh, it's always good when you have some young players who maybe haven't played before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the effort often seems to be uh, a little higher. I know, uh, you know, if if Washington's not playing the Super Bowl and Roberts there, I'm sure he'll be. Uh, you know really trying to uh to play well i know in my first uh you know i was actually the third guy going in um and uh drew was in the super bowl that year Brett didn't play and so i got the start and uh dallas it was the dallas staff uh and i really wanted to play well you know i i studied my plan uh it was new terminology um that uh, that dallas uses obviously it was dumbed down i'm sure but uh i really wanted to play well i wanted to you know uh, play well for our organization, our fans, and and personally, um, I didn't want to be the reason that uh, you know we didn't come out on top. So uh, I think there's there's pride that goes into it, and and maybe there'll be a little more this year.
0: Now let's talk a little bit about the selection process because Jeff Saturday making the team. Who and I know you like Jeff a lot. Um, I think a lot of people have used that as an example of underscoring how the system is flawed. Do you, do you think that it would be good to revisit the approach? Uh, that we take in terms of choosing the Pro Bowl rosters.
1: I don't know what you're going to do any differently. I mean, it's voted on by the fans. I think that's a really important part of it because uh, it, it's uh, you want s- the most popular guys in it, and and most of the time they're the, they're the best players, um, you know. And you have your fellow coaches and teammates. Uh, you know, Jeff has absolutely nothing to apologize about. He did nothing but play his butt off when he was out there with us, and and I'm happy for him. I really am. Um, it, I don't know what what else you could do. Uh, You know, I don't know if they would want to involve, um, you know, the Writers Association or or a a different, you know. Personnel guys? I don't know how you do that. Uh, There's going to be on some level, there's always going to be some bias involved in it. So um, happy for Jeff, happy for Clay. And um, there's always been questions about different guys. I don't don't think that's going to change regardless who you have voting.
0: And it happens in every All-Star game. It's not exclusive to the Pro Bowl either um we we haven't talked to you since i mean you talked after the game i i gotta say i've done this for a long time i was incredibly impressed with the grace and class that jeff handled things with on friday when it came out that they were making a change did that come as a surprise to you uh did you see that coming and and how do you think that transition is going to go here and maybe how has jeff reacted around the team as opposed to around us
1: jeff's been great uh, you know he's he's a professional he's been around for a long time and played a lot of a lot of football at a high level um, there had to be some disappointment there i think because you know he, he realizes this is uh the end of his career and it's the beginning of uh, of evan's career really and uh, i know he wanted to be a part of uh this run uh being you know playing every snap but uh he has a part of it. I mean, he's an important part of our team. He's been great for us on uh, his leadership, uh, you know, his knowledge of the game, what he's brought to that offensive line room. Um, I, I think this is a great example of, of how to handle a difficult situation, and I give Jeff uh, so much credit. I think it just speaks to the kind of man that he is, his high character, his integrity, um, that he has been nothing but supportive of Evan and, uh, and, and our team. Um, I mean, yeah. I – I don't know how anybody else would have handled it as, as gracefully as you know, with that much class, uh, as Jeff did. I mean, standing to be standing in his locker and have to deal with the questions. I'm sure he had to deal with, and um, I just give him a lot of credit. And uh, I'm glad that he's, uh, you know, really showed uh, all of us, especially the young players, um, how, how to do this uh, the right way and how to do it with a lot of class.
0: You, uh, you have said very good things about Evan before when he was moving into the lineup as a guard. Uh, I think the greatest question is, how are his butt height and sweating? And does it matter when it's cold? can
1: we just turn the page? Come on. Come
0: on, that was one of the all-time great lines. I know, it
1: was pretty good, yeah. Was, you, you were proud good. of it.
0: I was proud of it, yeah. But uh, how, how does he? How do you feel comfort-wise with him? Yeah, Evan's, Evan's
1: a real good player. I'm, I'm very very happy for him, proud of him. Um, you know, I've told the story I challenged him a couple of years back to uh, to really to make the team and to be a contributor. I, I felt like he had that within him. Uh, I'm not going to take the credit for him making the team. You have to have something inside you. Um, but all of us need uh, need that encouragement, that support. And um, I've just always felt like he had a lot to give uh, and, um, and could be a valuable part of our team. And I'm just really happy for him, his opportunity. Uh, I think he... He loves to play football, which um, helps him be, be a good player, and that's important. There's, you know, a lot of us really take our job seriously, but uh, um, when a guy takes his job real seriously and loves to be out there on the field, it's contagious, and he brings a lot of energy to our offense. And um, he knows the offense well. He studies hard. He, he he prepares to be successful on Sundays, and I think uh, his best football is in front of him, and hopefully, we can. Uh, you know, we can have a, a good run together.
0: A little, little different dynamic today because you've already well moved on from the game, so we won't focus a lot on the game like we usually do on Tuesdays. But it was a nice victory. Um, you did say after the game that you don't want to put too much stock in one game, but it must be nice to go into this regular season finale and the playoffs feeling like you kind of got things really humming. Now, was that part, you know, them not playing as much too high? Safety as maybe other teams have played. How do you kind of view... What you guys were able to do on Sunday—it
1: was good execution. It really was. They—they'd they'd come in uh, on a four or five-game stretch where they'd held teams under under 20 points on average. I think it was like 17 they were averaging giving up the last four or five games, and um, we uh, we had a good plan. We executed very well, and guys made some plays. Um, you, know, you could go across the line uh, with the receivers and and talk about. Uh, you know, the plays that, that that James made. And Jermichael's been very consistent for us and making a lot of big plays. And, um, you know, big catch down the middle uh, at the end of the first half there. And, um, ki- you know, keeping things going, making catches and breaking tackles. And I'm, really, I'm really proud of him. I think he's playing at a really high level. He's got a chance, I believe, to do something special this week with a couple more catches. Um, obviously, Greg, having Greg back. Uh, as I watch the film back, uh, it's um, it's amazing how many times he's open. I mean, <laughs> he is uh, an excellent route runner, and
0: uh, not getting the ball on all those not though. getting
1: the ball all the time. I know it's got to be frustrating for him knowing he's open almost every <laughs> single time. So, and then Randall, you know, you can't say enough about him and the plays he makes. Um, but it's it's fun having those guys. We had a real good tempo the entire time. we we're, we're, you know they were scrambling at times. We get lined up and. Um, we ran the ball effectively. Ryan Grant ran the ball very hard, and average four yards of carry on 20 carries. He always runs the ball well in the winter months. What did
0: he uh, What did he show you, and in what ways can he be a difference maker for this team down uh, the stretch?
1: You know, it, we've kind of always said it with Ryan. He runs the ball really hard in November, December, January, and uh, I'm happy for him. I mean, he was on the street a few weeks back, and he started for us uh, on Sunday and uh, yeah, you know, it's all the things I've always said about him. He's a great teammate. Uh, he practices really hard. And it's a great example for those young guys. He studies uh, studies hard. He knows the plan. He knows where he's supposed to be. Um, he's a one-cut guy and a downhill downhill runner and he's he's tough to tackle and he's he's a big strong athletic guy and I'm just really happy for him because uh, you know, I know how you know how much he appreciates being back and 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 knows that this is a, a special team, and and to be able to make a difference like he uh, he did on Sunday, and moving forward, it's good having him back.
0: I was uh, I was talking with Alex Van Pelt along with Tom Silverstein from the Journal Sentinel a little while ago, and I thought Tom asked a really interesting question. I'd like to ask it of you: How does it change for you to have different running backs behind you? I mean, it's RG one play, it's DeWan Harris, it's you know Alex Green should be back this week. They haven't given up hope on james starks coming back and then you've got coon who's your third down guy i mean what changes in terms of your thought process with like checks and stuff like that and then is there even a physical level of handing the ball to ryan grant has to be different than handing the ball to dewan harris they're like there's a seven inch difference between their heights
1: yeah tom actually asked the same question on, on wednesday to me in my locker and um and when you think about it, it, it there are some different things uh, that, that are associated with each, with each back. You know, they, they take the hand off a little differently. Um is obviously shorter, and so you got to make sure you get in the pocket there uh, when you're handing the ball off. Um, they have slightly different angles at times on, on their, um, their course. Um, mostly in the passing game, you, you just have to... Um, to know what each guy's strengths are and DeJuan is you know mentally not on the same level those guys yet he's still a young player for us and he's been studying hard and and trying to pick up the check downs and and his blocking responsibilities but you just have to try and use their strengths uh, when you're when you're thinking about making adjustments and making checks and with a guy like Ryan you know he knows the offense really well and John knows the offense probably better than anybody so um, there's a Real confidence, especially with John back there, of, of knowing that we're going to be on the same page even if we don't even talk about something. So I uh, love having John back there. I said it at my locker on Wednesday. Uh, it seems like almost every year he's our unsung MVP, and he really uh, doesn't get the credit uh, always that he deserves because a lot of stuff that he does doesn't show up in the stat sheet. And uh, John's a great teammate. He cares about uh, cares about his teammates and, and mm-hmm. is, is very unselfish. Uh, he just he wants to win games and contribute, and he does. And like I said, a lot of times doesn't show up on the stat sheet.
0: You um you mentioned Greg being open a lot. You should have Jordy back on Sunday at the Metrodome. You might not slash probably won't have Cobb. Um, I think the feeling is that you'll have him for the playoffs, though. You can feel it, right? You can feel having all your guys back. It's getting closer and closer. Not is there a, quite um. And there's not a song associated with it, like with the double-up, which uh, you didn't get uh, on Sunday. We
1: almost got it, yeah. I almost, thought we might get a little double-up there. Yeah. Didn't quite get it. I was it. looking forward to the jingle. Single-up, yeah.
0: Um, are you excited to get Jordy reacclimated? and is there any process to that when he's been out three
1: times? I don't really think so. We've, we've played a lot of football together, and um, I think... He knows where I, I need him to be on plays and I can read his body language pretty well when he's out there. Um it'll be a seamless transition I think with if Randall doesn't play, moving Greg back in the slot and, and giving him uh um you know, a lot of the plays that he's used to running. He's been uh, he's been our slot guy and, and run a lot of a lot of routes from in there and he's you know, that's the, the beauty of, of Greg Jennings. He can be as effective inside as outside, and there's hardly any receivers that can do that. So um, he'll be fine. James is having an incredible season. I can't, you know, when you talk about Pro Bowl for him, not to even be listed among the alternates is unbelievable. He's leading the league in in touchdown receptions, and um, he's had a great season. So he'll he'll be, uh, you know, he'll be getting open, and hopefully Jordy will be getting open, and uh, big fella got to get him a couple catches and get him uh, the tight end. I think it's the reception record, right? Tight
0: end receiving, uh, yes, receptions, 56 set in 1979 by Paul Kaufman. He's got 53. He's had 55, too, the last three years. Too. You know what, he
1: has. Yeah, I was going to say. So he's, you got to uh,
0: give him at least three. Yeah, we got to give him a season.
1: Eight. He's been – but Jermichael's been playing really well. I'm, 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 uh, I can't say enough how proud I am of him and the way that he's carried himself and um, been making plays. You know, the ball's been in his area, and he's been coming down with it and breaking tackles and um, – playing the way that uh that he knows you know he knows how to play he's playing with a lot of confidence
0: so you, you had some experience getting greg back involved in the offense you thought that went seamlessly too since you're now going to be doing it with jordy after a, a shorter amount of time that he's been out
1: yeah it's just i've almost been you know i've been talking to myself after every game like you know greg probably needs some more opportunities here i mean i had him wide open on a touchdown uh in the uh second quarter there and missed him but uh Overthrown by a yard or two, he might have still been hobbled a little bit, maybe. But yeah, that was a bad throw, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, with those guys, you just got to get them some opportunities. You know, get them back in the mix and uh, get them feeling good uh they're Get them a ball early, and and they'll be fine.
0: Got to uh, got to get them the ball so it can remind Ted that he should re-sign them next year. Moving on. Uh, speaking of your suggestions. Uh, what went through your head when Randall Cobb was slow to get up after that punt?
1: <laughs> uh, the fear, I think, that every time that he's on the special teams, that uh, we just want him to get up, get up every time. You know, he's, now, he's taking some shots at various times on, usually on kickoff return. I mean, those guys are flying down there so hard. If you know, if somebody doesn't get a get a body on someone, they get a f- full head of steam. That, that can be a pretty big shot so you just hoping that uh he, he can get up him mean, he had so much to our, our return game um you know at, at some point i think it'd be nice to have a guy that could replace him and and, and do a good job but um you know, he's a second year player and and uh we know he's got to kind of put his time in. jordy was on special teams a lot did some returns and um did a good job for us and Randall's a difference maker on special teams, so he's had. Uh, he's you know. also
0: got 80 receptions. He's also your number yeah, one. Yeah, I know. Receiver. I know. Uh, so you weren't kidding when you, I mean you smiled a little bit when you said it in your press conference. Yeah,
1: right? I knew I'd probably hear about that later. That's why i was uh-huh. smiling. <laughs> <laughs> um, I,
0: I did want to ask you though about Jeremy Ross. I had a conversation with him after the game, and he said, and I used it in in our Jermichael Finley story that's on the website today. He said you spend a ton of time with him, which I thought spoke to several things. One, he's the number seven receiver, uh, and yet you're spending that much time with him. So that says something about you, but it also says something about what you must see in him. What do you see in him? And he also had a nice return. He may he may be that guy next year that replaces Randall in that role.
1: Well, he's a cow guy first. Well, of course. That I mean, that helps. I didn't play with him, but he's a cow guy. Um I'm going to give him the credit here because, honestly, it's him reaching out to me and continually trying to meet with me. Like, he, he wants to be a really good player, and he wants to be on the same page with me. We met him. Him and I and Jarrett met in uh, camp a few times, uh, and we've also met uh, met since. Jarrett is a guy who really cares about uh, about seeing things the way I see him and get on the same page and knowing that it's important to – uh um you know to be in the right spot at the right times uh, and Jeremy's the same way Jeremy uh you know he wants to put the time in so he's knocking on my door at the hotel and hey you got uh, you got a few minutes and I love it I mean any any time a guy wants to uh you know wants to get better wants to get on the same page um uh, you know I love uh I love the opportunity to uh, to spend time with him he's he's I think he's shown a lot of potential. Yeah, I really do, and and he's done done some good things on the scout team, and I was proud of him. That uh, you know, after after the play in Chicago, that he was able to get a couple more opportunities and and uh, make a big play for us. You
0: got a revolving door installed on your room on the road that you've got so many people coming in and out of it. that's not maybe. a ton of
1: people. It's just you know, I, I appreciate the you know the guys who really uh, you know especially young guys who want to want to spend the extra time, and I'm not gonna not gonna tell them no. I mean, I love. Uh, i love passing on whatever knowledge i can and helping those guys out
0: you've got nothing better to do anyway right you, i mean you don't go out really no, just, when you're on the road and
1: well sometimes i do okay. but uh but no i'm I, I don't have anything better to do i love i love helping my teammates out and um he really cares about it jeremy does and i'm uh, i've been impressed so he's uh you know got my number you know been hitting me up a bunch of times and and making sure that uh you know he spends uh you know he spends the time he studies his butt off i mean he really does like i've, I've been impressed with him and um edgar bennett i've said it before he does a great job with those receivers i mean those guys are dialed in on uh, everything from the signals to the splits, to the alignments, routes, route depths. Um, and those guys study hard. So I give Edgar a lot of credit, and where I can help out, it's been fun to help out.
0: One more thing before we get to halftime, and Drew Olson is on vacation this week, so you won't have to ah, be subjected bummer. to a D-list question. Dan Needles was afraid to submit one, I think.
1: Um, Scaredy cat. Y- y-
0: you you win, and you're the number two seed. It's as simple as that. Um, if you lose, it's most likely that you would face the Vikings again, Uh at Lambeau, but in the opening round, you've mentioned the importance of matchups after Sunday's game.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean that was kind of that was a stretch. Yeah, I don't think we. Really, I, I mean matchups are interesting because I think some teams can match up differently against others. Um, but keep the Giants out. yeah, I, I felt like, to be honest with you, uh, that was an answer to me that wasn't given a whole lot. It was just kind of a a normal okay. answer. I wasn't I didn't want anybody to look too much into it. I know there's a couple people talked about me talking about, you know, how matchups are important. I didn't really feel like I said a whole lot in that. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um more importantly, I think if we talked to the two thousand ten Chicago Bears, they would tell you if you have a chance to keep a team out of the playoffs, they highly recommend that you do it. Um is that I mean there's that's a bunch fair. of yeah, layers to this that's game, right? Fair.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is a good football team. You get in the playoffs, and, and every team is a good football team. And, and as we saw a few years back, you just need an opportunity. I mean, anything can happen. And we look at the um, the strengths of all these teams, I mean, they can beat you a number of different ways. Uh, Minnesota's got the top back in the league. I mean, he's unbelievable. He's had an incredible season. Uh, their defense uh, can, can do a number of different things. They can get after you uh, with the pass rush. Antoine Winfield, I think, is is the key to that defense. I mean, there's a ton of great players. I mean, Chad Greenway, uh, you know, has had an incredible season. Obviously, Jared Allen and Robeson and Kevin Williams and, and these guys. Um, Harrison Smith, I think, is going to be a future star as well. But uh, but having Antoine out there to play in the base outside and play in the nickel inside, I mean, he's uh, there's only a few guys – uh, really, in the last ten years or so, who've been able to be as successful as as Antoine, and being uh, a corner who plays the nickel as well. Obviously, we have he's one there, of Charles Woodson. Woodson. Um, you know, Rondé Barber's done it for a long time. There's only a few guys that can that can be that inside-outside force like he is. and Not to mention, he's an incredible tackler, and and his toughness is is uh, rarely matched. But uh, it's a t- I mean, this is a really talented team. Uh, and no, we don't want to see him again. I mean, we we'd love to. We have opportunity to. Uh, but not knock them out because other things could happen. Chicago, I think, could lose, and right. if Washington wins, I think they could still get in. But uh, but to in- ensure that we wouldn't have to, you know, play them because if they they would be the six seeds, and then they'd have to win two games to play us. You know, that'd be uh, be nice to to knock them out.
0: What and you've talked about this the last couple of weeks, the buy and the importance of it, and not wanting to avoid it and not playing on the opening weekend. There's a value to that. But the biggest thing is, are you happy that you have really and truly something to play for on Sunday. Does that change the dynamic for you in the finale here?
1: Yeah, I think so. Either way, we got a lot to play for. I mean, there's there's pride every time you step on the field, but it's nice knowing that we can uh, accomplish a few goals. You know, we've got the division wrapped up, but we can accomplish the first round bye and, and uh, you know, give Charles another week uh, to, to get back and, um, you know, Randall as well. Um, at this point, uh, you know there's there's guys who are banged up, and James Starks, not sure what his availability would be like uh, in one week compared to two weeks, but uh, we can really get some guys back here with with this buy, and um, and then uh, you know let teams uh, knock each other off a little bit.
0: We'll, uh, well, after halftime, we'll go inside the helmet. We've got two plays for that. We're going to try and keep it a little bit shorter, since I know you have a, other things on your schedule. We will uh, look ahead a little bit more to the Vikings, and then we'll get to the Ask Aaron questions. Those are all next. This is the Aaron Rodgers Show. Back for the second half of the Aaron Rodgers Show, Thursdays with Aaron.
1: That's a good song right there. That, that is. is. a real, real good song. Uh,
0: are you going to be able to go see your brother play in the bowl game? I hope so. Yeah?
1: we got to win. Got to win. Another
0: must-win That's situation a, for uh, you, uh, then. Let's uh, let's go inside the helmet, as promised. Uh, we'll just do two plays this week okay. uh, so we can get you out of here. Uh, the first one, you had another touchdown run. This yeah, I'm a six-yarder. You do a little uh, on your knees discount double check belt. Uh oh, can we call it the belt again? Though yeah, State
1: Farm what? What? stole it and put their own tag on it. You know what I
0: mean? Uh, okay, uh, paid you somewhat handsomely, I'm guessing. Too. Um, were you hurt at all? You took a hit, didn't you?
1: No, awful lava just kind of jumped over me. It was really nice. Oh, okay. I I, that was nice of him. Yeah, I shook Al's hand after that. I said, "Hey, thanks. You know, appreciate that."
0: So you did kind of a ginger spike, and then you actually did your. I was
1: contemplating not going up on the Lambo Leap because I was so embarrassed myself the last time. <laughs> I was exhausted the last time, which I do Lambo Leap by no run. legs. This was a six-yard run, so I kind of stayed down, waited till my legs started coming back. Was what debating. On the play? We just had a, a spread formation. I actually was. Uh, was looking out to the right to throw it to Donald, and and I think it was Zach Brown. Uh, they're you know speedy, yes, speedy, uh, speedy linebacker who jumped out right away to to guard on my pump faked, and as I came, my eyes back to the left, uh, they had dropped out. Um, <clears throat> marks, they're a D lineman, so they're only rushing three guys, and there's a big opening. Step in the pocket and gave him a token uh, pump fake, which he didn't go for. So at that point, I knew I was in trouble because <laughs> had a safety, <laughs> bearing down on me. And, uh, and Marks didn't go for the play fake, uh, so I literally braced for a hit from uh, off of lava there, and he uh, um, kind of jumped over me. Yeah. I was able to kind of duck in there. I don't uh, know if you thought I was going to jump or whatnot. If I had jumped, I would have got hit pretty hard. rocked.
0: Yeah, You might have been sacked. Just snuck in there. Yeah. Um, the other play I wanted to ask you about, the 20-yard touchdown to Cobb, uh, that makes it 14 And I think Tom Oates from the Wisconsin State Journal, my good pal, was sitting next to me. He said, as soon as that play ended, he said, "There is nobody in the game today that makes that throw better." Um, I'm sure you would agree. Um, take us <laughs> through that play. That was a, I mean, okay, that was a hell of a throw on the run, right to where you wanted it, right?
1: Yeah, that, that was uh, that came was, off well. It came that off ball. pretty good. That, yeah. uh, good play call. I mean, we we had a rollout with. Uh, um, guy from the backside coming over to block the unblocked, uh, unblocked defensive end and gave me a nice clean edge uh, to roll and throw to. And that's a throw that uh, I practice. You know, I think I've always felt like when you work on the difficult throws in practice, it makes them easier in the game. I mean, that's just common sense there. So uh, every time I'm taking a practice rep, uh, on a play where there's the potential to have a difficult throw like that, I always try to make it as difficult on myself as possible because I think that's—it's—it's it's never smart to operate in a perfect environment, uh, whether it's seven on seven, uh, moving in the pocket, or working on some awkward throws, or it's a drill work making it as difficult on yourself as possible because at this point in my career, I should be able to throw from the pocket. A clean pocket and be very accurate. It's just that's what I get paid to do is 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 be an accurate quarterback. It's the difficult throws that I think can separate yourself from from some of the other guys that play your position. And and that was that's just a throw that um, you know I've I've made a number of times in practice. Randall ran the route exactly exactly how we talked about it. Doing a good job at the top of the route, coming out with a, a nice angle, giving me a, a good window to throw it to, and the ball came off how I wanted it to. You gotta um, you gotta know. Mechanically, body—you know—with your body mechanics, and when you're rolling to the right at a, at a high rate of speed, the ball's naturally going to tail a little bit more to the right. I hit the, ex- the exact—you know—launch angle that I wanted, and the ball—you know—went to the right spot. And obviously, you're not thinking about those things in that moment. It's a feeling that you have when you're rolling it to your right. Uh, you know that uh, you want to put it in a certain spot. I was able to put it where I wanted it to, and Randall made nice kids.
0: He—he's um, done that a lot, though where he's run it just the way you wanted it to. Is that, I mean, when you look at all the guys that you have, there seems to be a, a lot of guys that do things the way you want them to. How much easier does that make your job when you know oh, it's, where everyone's It's a huge
1: be? blessing. I mean, it really is because, um, yeah, I'm going to go back to, uh, to the meetings that we have where it's, uh, you know, the tight ends and the receivers and, and the quarterbacks. And I've been given an opportunity to speak in those meetings. And, um, you know, Edgar, uh, Edgar Bennett, our receiver coach, uh, does a great job of quizzing those guys at times and some of the stuff that I say and, and making sure that uh, in those meetings as well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking out loud so the room can hear and often, you know, telling a certain guy uh, if it's a play that's going to be, you know, maybe Randall in that spot, hey, remember, because on that play we had two guys do exactly what we talked about James outside uh it's it's a route that changes because of it's a rollout and James ran the perfect route which did uh, you know he was open on the play as well because he ran it perfectly and then Randall uh, like we said I tell him you know because it's a rollout to the right it takes a little bit longer for me to get my hips and shoulders around you got to give the the db some at the top of the route to make sure that window's open, um, you know, when I'm able to throw it. And he did a great job at the top of his route and got separation and, and made a great catch with his hands. I mean, Randall has uh, has very good hands. Those guys work on their ball drills. And, um, you know, to be able to, to catch it and get his feet down was uh, was impressive.
0: Let's uh, let's look ahead to the Vikings. Obviously it's only a couple of days away now because the show's a little bit later in the week. Um, you, you talked a little bit about their personnel earlier. You just played them a month ago. How does that affect preparation? You did the same thing with the Lions where you seemed to play them, you know, just a few weeks after you just played them.
1: Yeah, the NFL is doing a good thing, I think, you know, making – Good thing. No, I think it's a good thing, uh, you know, with these division games because a lot of times it comes down to your division record, uh, obviously conference record, and and there's uh, – you know, in most seasons there, there might be more than uh, – um, but what do we have? Is there is there any games that determine uh, There's just the one, right? Dallas and Washington. But right. in yeah. other years, there could be you know two or three of these games that, that might decide um, who's going to win a division. Now, obviously, the San Francisco plays Arizona and Seattle plays St. Louis. And if Seattle wins and San Fran loses, then Seattle would be the uh, the division champs. But Forty uh,
0: Niners favored by seventeen points against Arizona. But thank
1: you for chiming in there. Appreciate that. But I think it, it makes the games more interesting. I think for the fans, and and uh, it's always tough playing a division opponent. I think when you look at the schedule, um, three of the toughest games on it every year for us are at Detroit, at Minnesota, and at Chicago, because those are teams that that know us. We know them, but they're tough environments to play. They have very good crowds that that uh, know when to cheer. There's hardly any places you can think of. That uh, are going to be as loud as Minnesota is. Obviously, they have a chance to to win and get in the playoffs. Um, so it's going to be even more amped up. They're going to have uh, a crazy guy on the motorcycle, and uh, I'm sure there'll be uh, all the fireworks our. going uh, going before the game. But uh, you know, it's a tough place to play. They have a very very good team. Um, I have a lot of respect for Coach Fraser and, and the way that he carries himself and, and the job he's done preparing his team every week. And uh, it'll be a, a real tough test for us.
0: Uh, let's do our Ask Aaron questions. You can submit them using the Twitter hashtag #AskAaron or you can send them via email and I got a bunch of them uh via email this week and and some that I thought were pretty good. I hope you'll agree. Um this one the first one comes from David via Twitter and David says, "Who is the most improved player on the team since training camp?" I know you you know you like to watch all the different guys on offense and defense. Is there a guy that Maybe springs to mind for you, who's really caught your eye in terms of his level of improvement from this summer to now this winter.
1: I'd say two guys. I'd say uh, Don Barclay on offense. Um, you know, I was I've said it before. You know, I'm proud of him. He made the team. I think he worked really hard in training camp and and showed the potential. And then he's really turned into a solid right tackle for us. So I'm really impressed with Don, and I think he's got a great approach to the game. And on defense, Casey Hayward. I think when Casey came in. Um, with no pads on people were you know wondering um, you know what he was going to be like i remember watching him the year before when he played with my little brother jordan and vandy and uh, he played with an amazing confidence and and made a ton of plays on the ball um, and I, I was just anybody who was like mm, what do you think about hayward i said well just wait till we get the pads on and uh and he's and he's playing with that confidence that he has and He's shown himself to be an incredible playmaker. And to lose Charles Woodson for a big chunk of the season and to have Casey step in and make so many plays playing in the the nickel and playing in the slot uh, has really helped our defense out. Obviously, Tremont Williams had an outstanding season, and he doesn't get enough credit for the way that he plays. There's very few corners in the league who uh, can be legit shut-down guys, and Tremont is one of them. Uh, he's very well coached, but he has an incredible approach to the game, the way he studies film, the way he studies his opponents, and his in, his instincts and ball skills are, are unmatched. So I wanted to get Tremont a little love in there, just to say that uh, you know it, it, our secondary, I think, has played really well this year, and Casey's been a big part of that.
0: Scott asks, how much time during a game do you guys spend – Discussing the play that just happened, when an offensive lineman gets flagged for holding, for example, uh, do they come back and say, "Hey, sorry about that," or "I didn't do it"? Uh, or when you overthrew Jennings on that, do you say something to him? Uh, what's the, uh, or does the game move so quickly, especially in no huddle, that you don't have time to say, "Hey, my bad"?
1: Yeah, I usually talk about it on the sidelines, maybe after. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use this question to bring up a funny story that happened from the game. Anyone who knows. Uh, Knows John Coon's sideline habits, which probably most people wouldn't, unless there was some sort of mic'd up I think on we John. Might find out
0: about this, though.
1: John loves yelling for holding. <laughs> he's he's you know holding every single play almost when he's in the sideline. Now we've got on him a little bit. He's tried to curtail some of uh, some of his uh, his yelling at the referees, but he had a holding call in the game, and immediately I was on the sideline. <laughs> it was in the fourth quarter, and I was standing next to Jordy, and we just started busting up because we were looking at John, and he knew he was ticked. He knew he didn't think it was holding for sure, and that he was going to be, you know, uh, upset about it and and a little sensitive on the sideline when we brought it up to him. So sure enough, right when he comes off, you know, me and Jordy are right there, like John, what happened on that holding, man? And typical John, he like, You saw the replay. I wasn't holding. You know, he was all upset, just like when he got one earlier in the season. I think it was against Minnesota as well. Uh, it's it's pretty funny when a guy who is often yelling for the holding calls when our defense is out there. When he gets one, it's always uh, it's always fun to rib him a little bit about it.
0: Those sensitive guys, you like to give it to them yeah, a little yeah. bit. Uh, Ken, and you mentioned this before, but Ken asks, Antoine Winfield has long been one of the top tackling corners in the league in game planning. How much does a corner's tackling ability factor into how you challenge a secondary? I know you're a big fan of his. Is that anything that goes into game planning though?
1: I think you have to account for him uh, in the run game because when they're playing their uh, their Tampa 2 style defense uh, he has the ability to have his eyes in the backfield and to read uh, if he does uh, read run to uh, to get into play quickly so you have to make sure that we can try and get a body on him. Um, you know, sometimes you run away from him because he is so quick and athletic and, and making plays, but you have to be able to run the ball at him too and and, and block him. He's just very strong for his size, incredible tackler, very tough. Um, and, and, you know, I said it earlier, but I think he's the biggest difference if you look at their defense from this year to last year is his, he's been playing, um, you know, and, and stayed healthy, and, and he makes a big impact when he's out there. And now
0: he's going to play with a broken hand? Yeah. Um, Hugh asks. I noticed in the Wisconsin State Journal last week a half-page ad promoting chiropractic medicine, featuring a testimonial from you and a picture of you and your dad. Uh, now, I don't, I don't. I guess I didn't know this about chiropractic. What do I say there? Chores? No, no, no. Like the the being a chiropractor, you practice chiropractic whatever. Okay, You're helpful. Thank you for helping me out there. You did that on purpose. (laughs) I just let you go. You you gave me enough rope to hang myself. Um, The the ad talks about, obviously, your testimonial. Um, Given that there are certain biases or stigmas held by traditional medicine, that was what I was trying to get at. I didn't know that that existed. Um, oh, it does. Is chiropractic care available to you in the Packers training room? And have you ever gotten any pushback when you've used it, whether it's in college or any other time?
1: I'm a huge believer in it. Obviously, it helps having a, a dad who's been a chiropractor for the majority of my adult life, and uh, being able to uh, to get an adjustment when uh, you know when I was in high school or junior college or college. You know, having them just a couple hours away was was really really helpful and uh, always you know to look for those opportunities. Now that we're in Green Bay, we do have a chiropractor who comes to the facility a few times a week, and I'm always in I'm line. always in line to do that. I I really believe in total body wellness and alternative styles of medicine. I'm I'm uh, you know there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff out there that I think can really help you some guys for years have been into the art the active release technique um, um amon green was was uh, was always doing stuff like that there's guys that do acupuncture which i believe in oh hardly there's, there's the rolfing which is a deep massage uh, not a not an enjoyable massage but it's uh, it's it's great for uh it's a bad for name. muscles yeah yeah it's it's uh, it can be painful but it's uh I, I believe in that as well. I believe in laser technique, uh, which can release energy in uh, in cells that haven't, uh, you know, haven't had energy in them in a while. And uh, I believe in all that stuff. I think it's it's important. Now, the medical community as a whole is not always the uh, you know real active and encouraging that stuff. But I think it's always uh, it's always helpful to look at different ways of uh, improving your total total body wellness.
0: Um, so there's a stigma against chiropractors. I think so. Really, because. Paula goes to one I never knew that. Um, she seems to very be very happy with well
1: that. I mean look at look at our, our culture you know it's the, the big drug companies would rather you know people doctors often would I think would rather prescribe drugs than, than have them go to an alternative type of medicine that uh, can can heal you without the, without the drugs.
0: I learned something new. I didn't know how to say chiropractic, but I learned something new Very good um, Abby asks, I hope you had a good Christmas over my break. I managed to conquer my fear of giving blood. I'm terrified of needles and blood. I'm wondering if you had a fear besides sharks and heights, Abby listens to the program. Very
1: good, yes. Uh, Got a new listener.
0: That that you have conquered or that you're in the process of conquering.
1: Oh, man, that's tough. Uh, I thought
0: it was a good question.
1: I I tried to conquer at one point in my life a few years back. I tried to conquer my fear of, uh, of sharks by getting in the water more. That didn't really help. No? No. The water in San Diego, is—it's you're not going to see the bottom a whole lot. There's a lot of kelp. Okay. And when that kelp touches your leg, it Creepy. sends a jolt through your body. <laughs> and I can't even, you have to experience it to to know what I'm talking about, but it just can creep you out pretty good. So I still don't like heights. I told the story, I think, a couple weeks back when we were in Detroit, we ate at a restaurant at the top of uh, our hotel, excellent restaurant. Appreciate the, those people there for letting us in with uh Without the proper attire, there were a lot of people in, in suit and tie, and me and uh, Brett Good and and John Coon went up there and um, in the, you know shirt. I was Brett and I had a hat on. They, uh, I took it off. I was I was nice enough, but I appreciated them letting us in. But I was terrified on the way up in this elevator, which was um, it wasn't a glass elevator on the outside, but as you went up. Um, you you realize you were kind of on the outside of the building, or it it seemed as you were, and I was terrified. So
0: it's been a while since you guys were at that hotel. Usually we're out and yeah, usually, and yeah. it's a normal small hotel. So you're not a fan of what's the? It, do they usually keep you on a fairly reasonable floor? Not
1: always, not always. I mean, when we're staying at the Westin in Chicago, we're usually up there pretty good. But uh, yeah, I was I was on the uh, Empire State Building in 2005. And terrified. No, okay. out of my mind. Terrified.
0: Um, Shane but, says. My wife has a great many qualities, but I married her in spite of the fact that she is a Vikings fan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Packers-Vikings game days can be a little tenuous in our house. Do you have any advice on how not to let your emotions get the best of you during and after Sunday's game? And have you ever let your emotions get the best of you during a game?
1: Have I ever lost my cool? Is that what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I think so, yeah.
0: Is that... uh, Now, I guess to me the, the question that Shane's really asking is how important is it to make sure that you maintain that poise and coolness and are there is does it happen every game where there's a point where you could lose your cool if no, you're not No, I don't think so. It, because I think
1: you have to that's a learned trait I think to be able to, to be very even keeled throughout yeah. a game because it's, it's frustrating, you care about it, you're competitive you're emotional um, but I think you really have to understand people are always watching in, you, you gotta keep your emotions in check and try not to be too demonstra- demonstrative out there and I've worked on that. Joe Philbin, you know kind of, you know, stayed on me about that when I was a, a young player. He mentioned that and before. uh yeah something you gotta you gotta think about. I I'm sorry for this guy who's uh you know got a divided household <laughs> twice a year but uh I don't know what's what's better there to to have a, a happy happy wife or uh
0: Happy wife, happy life. But yeah. not in this instance, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, Hans says my question this week involves a tweet from Grammy Award winner Justin Vernon of the band. I think I'm yeah, on yeah, yeah. like Bon Iver.
1: Bon Iver. Uh,
0: he tweeted that he was in Aaron's suite for Sunday's game. True. And Monday tweeted a photo of the two of you together.
1: Yes, and he gave me a guitar. Wow. But that might be the best gift of the holiday season. Pretty,
0: pretty good. Pretty good weekend for you. Yes,
1: um, I'm a big fan of the band. Uh, they're you know from our backyard here. They're from uh, Eau Claire, oh, Claire. Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, they're Grammy award-winning, uh, excellent uh, musicians, and and Justin was uh, it was a lot of fun meeting him and uh, and and the guys. It was it was fun to have them. So
0: now wait, was so Hans's question is as a huge fan of both of you guys? Uh, how did you become a fan of Bon Iver's music, and how did the meeting come back? So wait, the whole band was there? I don't I, I don't know a lot about the band, so. I know they're a local band. They won a bunch of Grammys, and they're good. And I've heard their music. Very but I don't good. know Their members.
1: I'm I'm a fan of uh, probably a lot of music that most people haven't heard of. I've you know obviously have a little bit of have uh, dabbled in the music industry a little bit, and um, just enjoy really good music, and especially you know that involves a guitar and some interesting you know well thought out lyrics. And, yeah. Uh, Justin is an incredible songwriter. I mean, anybody who's listened to. Any of their CDs, you have to have an appreciation for uh, the lyrics that he writes, and also the uh, you know the way that he melds uh, his voice with the instruments. Uh, it's really impressive, and um, I was just most impressed in meeting him with uh, the way he carries himself. I mean, he is not uh, fame-driven. He's very down to earth. I mean, it's no surprise. I mean, he's from Wisconsin, and he's just a, a very very nice Midwest man who's extremely talented. Um, he's been doing a lot of producing lately of uh, of some bands. and enjoys doing that, and um, it was it was fun to meet people you who you're really a big fan of, and then yeah. they just turn out to be everything you hope they would be just just totally down to earth and, and good good people.
0: Should put together some sort of concert, maybe you could get him involved. Yeah, we'll see. Um, two more. One. This one comes from Ryan. He says, "I'm wondering if Aaron's amazing memory extends to plays that he isn't." involved in whether it's for game planning purposes or learning an opponent i'm guessing that you're yeah and i've
1: talked about that before you know i think it's always important to have something flash on your mind when you're thinking about a play Uh, a lot of times it's play that you've ran in practice or you've ran that certain play in a game in a game or practice uh, before but uh peter brady but watching watching that uh that film um can really help you uh you know recall a certain coverage or um, you know, a look that you might see or think you're going to see in uh, a blitz or something, and you have to be able to have that recall very quickly, and uh, uh, that's important.
0: So in in quick succession, we got uh, these two questions. This comes from Dan. This will be our last question. He says, how many starters can you name from your year at Butte Community College? Most of them. Uh, and bonus points for the punter and kicker.
1: Well, I know, yeah, I mean, the punter and kicker were the same guy. It was it – was, uh, was it, was it the same guy? I think it was, uh, yeah, it had to be Garth Archibald. I played with him in in, uh, in high school. Garth ended up kicking uh, New Mexico after that. Uh, Mark Anabokun was our receiver, our ex-receiver. Um, he went on to play at, uh, he actually, he should have played at Cal. He was They offered him as a defensive back at Cal. ended up playing at Boise for a little bit. Our left tackle was uh, was Big Miller, Big Chris Miller, and he uh, was a bounce back from the uh, Army. Uh, he was a big boy, ended up playing at Oregon State. Um, center was uh, Rob Christie, who was from uh, Canada. He was 25. He was great. Um, right guard was, uh, I believe it was Chris Wallace at times. We kind of shifted a couple guys there. Uh, he was uh, he was 21. I think he was more of a local guy. He was from Sacramento, I believe. Mark Parrish was a right tackle, 6'9". Big guy. 6'9". Ended up playing at, uh, what did, where did Mark Price, or no, Coach... What did Coach Price used to be at Washington State? Where did he go to coach? In Texas somewhere. Uh, t- UTEP. Uh, UTEP, I think. Yeah, Mark Parrish went to UTEP. Garrett Cross was our tight end. Garrett uh, played at Chico High, Ended up playing with me at Butte and then at Cal and then came out to Green Bay for a little bit.
0: Wasn't he the guy that Tedford was really interested in? Yep.
1: Yeah, Garrett was uh, recently, got married a couple years ago and he's a father now. Garrett, uh it's good, man. I, I keep in touch with him every now and then. Uh, his backup was Joe Munson, who was uh, who I played with in high school at PV. He was a tight end. Ended up going to Troy, and had a try with the with the Miami Dolphins. Bobby Bernal was a Z receiver. Bobby, uh, you're just getting warmed up. Bobby over there. was great. Bo- yeah, <laughs> Bobby was great. Bob uh, Bob ended up playing at at Idaho and uh, cut ninety balls, I believe, in two thousand three or four.
0: Oh, you're just showing off.
1: Yeah, and uh, Bobby's actually coaching now at Butte. Um, and As is Thomas Wilson, who was my best receiver my senior year in high school. And Thomas was was a backup receiver on that team and ended up starting a couple of years after that. I went to New Mexico as well. Um, our fullback, was, we had two of them. We had uh, Kyle Harbaugh, who actually won the North State Heisman my senior year, which was the award given to the best player. He played at Corning High School. And, uh, and Kyle was a great player. He played fullback for us. Uh, and the other guy was Matt Maywald, who was actually my center, my junior year in high school. And Matt... Uh, um you know matt played a little bit after after butte i believe as well our running back um what do we call him he was great wookie we call him wookie um I can't remember his. I mean, I could if he gave me a second. But but Wook rushed for twelve hundred yards. Last I heard, he was working at the Houston Airport. He was twenty two when he was playing with us. Uh, he was a talented back. I mean, he was excellent. He had a couple two hundred yard games for us. We were throwing. We threw. We were a pass first offense. But uh, but he was great. Our third receiver, our slot receiver, is actually Sean Boddiefer. I was wondering when you were going to get to him. Sean Boddiefer played here. Went to Portland State. Uh, Sean was a great player. Um, always, uh, always appreciate his toughness. I mean, he was running on, he was in Green Bay running down on kickoffs for us. Unbelievable. Not a big guy. No, not at all. But, uh, I
0: don't yeah. want to cut you off. Are you done, or is there more? I can't. Do you want to do the, the defense left guard, next week? What the left
1: guard went to Vintage High School in, uh, in Napa, California. I can't. If I'd have to think about it to remember his name, I think about I'm going to get a phone call
0: in like 20 minutes of the yeah, left
1: guard's name. I'm sorry.
0: All right, so next week we'll do the 2004 Cal Bears.
1: I can do that, <laughs> okay, yeah. We'll, get that we'll
0: save that for next week. We will uh, get you out of here. Thanks for... You know, making time for us. Yeah, it's a good little Thursday
1: here, huh? Nice little Thursday.
0: We'll do it again next week, hopefully after uh, you've brought home a victory against the Minnesota Vikings, gotten your victory Monday, and gone to see your brother play in the Music City Bowl at an undisclosed location that may or may not be close to the Vanderbilt (laughs) campus. We will uh, do it again next week. This has been the Aaron Rodgers Show. Thanks for listening.